It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. are back with another episode of on the clock today is another mock draft monday welcome into the show so today for mock draft monday we have something kind of cool planned um i organized on the site last week um, a staff mock so i got myself joe dolan scott barrett graham barfield the guru himself john hansen chris wecht Tom Brawley and Jake Tribby. We all got together to do a staff mock. We all represented roughly four teams. We tried to split it up so we all had about four picks um, because of the one forfeited pick. I think Jake only made three picks, but we split up the team, split up the picks, and we did a staff mock. So today I'm going to be walking you through how that staff mock turned out. Later today, you will be able to find the staff mock on the website. It'll have analysis from each guy that made the pick, and then I kind of do an analysis breaking down my thoughts about their pick. Kind of a cool way to do a mock draft on the Mock Draft Monday. Let's just jump right into it, though. So at one overall, Mr. Christopher Wecht had the Carolina Panthers, and he went with C.J. Stroud. I think Chris is, you know, obviously quarterback's the right call here. I think Chris is buying into the C.J. Stroud is the Frank Reich archetype. Um, I don't think Chris loves Bryce Young being a super outlier. I also don't think he's as sold on Richardson as I am. So he went, he kind of played the middle with Stroud. I like it. You know, I, I think Richardson's the best quarterback in the draft class, but going Stroud here is, is perfectly acceptable as well. Um, at second overall, Tom Brawley had the Houston Texans, and he went quarterback Bryce Young from Alabama. Um, so one thing that's interesting about a staff mock is I don't know if guys are, are necessarily if they're doing, I think it's like a combo of like what they think will happen. Plus, you know what they think a team should do. So Tom here goes Bryce young and he wrote the Texans get the top quarterback on their board and the face of the franchise they've coveted since their relationship with Deshaun Watson deteriorated. And I think Tom's probably right about that. I think Bryce Young probably is the number one QB on Houston's board. So I think if that's the case, that's what they got to do. And it is a slam dunk. I think Bryce probably has the the best developed skill set in the class. He's just got that height outlier. Um, there's a couple flaws to his game, too, that I don't necessarily love. But I think Bryce is still a great prospect. And I've I've been mocking him to the Texans for a while now myself. So good pick here. At pick three... Joe Dolan had the Arizona Cardinals and he traded out to me. I was representing the Detroit Lions. Um, I gave up. Let's see here. What did I give up? I don't remember what I gave up. But anyways, the line, it was like a second, probably two seconds. I think two second round picks, one this year, one next year to Joe Dolan for, for number Three, so the Lions come up and they take, you guessed it, quarterback from Florida, Anthony Richardson. Um, you know, it's no surprise or no secret at this point that I'm, I'm a huge Richardson guy, but I think ultimately 
Richardson is he does need a favorable landing spot, and I don't think there's a better landing spot for one of these rookies than Detroit. Um, they've got Jared Goff in the fold, which means Richardson could sit. They've got an established culture that they've you know worked really hard to rebuild. Really good environment for him to walk into. Then you mix in the fact that they got a great offensive line. They've got a good you know pass catcher group. They've got a really good run game. They've got a wizard offensive coordinator in Ben Johnson. I think they have the the best developmental situation possible for Richardson. And ultimately, this this move leads to massive savings at the quarterback spot, right? Because you know after next year they're going to have to make a decision on golf, and that decision is going to be in the ballpark of fifty million bucks a year. I'm not of the belief, as much as I like golf and he's impressed me with what he's done in Detroit, I'm of the belief I don't think you can win if you're paying Jared Goff that much money. Not unless you get every break possible. All right, pick four. We have the Indianapolis Colts. And Scott Barrett made the pick for them at pick four. And he didn't go Will Levis. In fact, he went Will Anderson Jr., edge defender from Alabama. Probably you know, a top two player left on the board. I was surprised Scott went defense. I, I made a joke in the, the group chat that Scott would only draft offensive players. That said, I mean, shoot, Indy gets a, you know, they're punting on QB for one more year, likely, and they're getting a heck of a player in Will Anderson Jr. Pick five, Jake Tribby representing the Seattle Seahawks went with the best player available in the whole draft, Jalen Carter, defensive tackle from Georgia. Obviously, there are a lot of, you know, question marks around Jalen Carter as far as football character, off-field character, things of that nature. I, I still think a team's going to bite on him, you know, in the top five, six picks here. So no problem with Seattle grabbing him, taking the swing. They've done it before with with guys with worse character situations. Uh, Malik McDowell comes to mind. I think everyone kind of knew he was uh, – an a massive off the field risk, but they took him anyways. Jalen Carter slides in as the best player of the draft. So uh, I think this is perfectly reasonable. I think maybe Seattle wishes they got a quarterback here, but not the end of the world. They do have Gino for three years and um, could potentially get one later in the draft or next year. So pick six, Joe Dolan picking now at six for Arizona after the trade back. He goes with cornerback Christian Gonzalez. This is probably you know, fills their biggest need, I think, on the whole team is cornerback. Um, they, of course, have a lot of needs, but I think corner is the glaring spot that's just disgustingly bad. So they, they get their top corner, probably who I would, like if I was doing a, you know, what I would do draft and I was sitting at third, I'd probably still pick Gonzalez for them. So this uh, this makes sense to me. John Hansen at pick seven for the Las Vegas Raiders takes cornerback Devin Witherspoon. Now, because the Lions traded up for a quarterback here, we didn't we didn't get a chance to mock Witherspoon to the Lions, thank God, because there's thousands of those mocks out there. But John picks up a corner. This is, again, this might be Vegas' biggest need in cornerback. I think Witherspoon, yeah, Gonzalez seems like a better fit to me, but they didn't get a chance at him. Witherspoon can play press man. He can also play off zone. Um. I think John wrote in here that he considered Will Levis, but he's a Levis hater. John is out on Will Levis, so he did not take Will Levis here with the Raiders pick. At pick eight, Graham Barfield goes Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech edge defender to the Atlanta Falcons. This is a very common landing spot for Wilson in mock drafts these days. 
Makes a ton of sense, though. They, they need edge help. I know they've added a ton of one-year deals on the defensive side of the ball, which is cool. Uh, I like that Calais Campbell is there. I know there's not a ton of similarities right now in Wilson's game to Campbell's game, but they are built similar, similarly. I think for a team to really get the most out of Wilson, they're going to have to deploy him a similar way to the way Campbell has been used throughout his career. So I like the idea of mentoring Cable mentoring Wilson there. So they just signed Bud Dupree as well. So, um, but nonetheless, I like the fit there a lot. At number nine, Christopher Wecht is back on the clock and he went with offensive tackle slash offensive guard, Peter Skaronsky to Chicago. Um, the logic here was simple. You know, field is pressured more than any quarterback in the NFL last year. They have a really not settled offensive line. So even if Skaronsky comes in and, and they identify him as a guard, he can still play guard. Um, or they can play him at right tackle. Tevin Jenkins can slide inside the guard. They could play Skaronsky at left tackle. And, um, you know, the fifth round rookie from last year can slide over to right tackle. They, they have a lot of options there. Point being, Skaronsky allows them to get their five best offensive linemen on the field. That is really the value Skaronsky's bringing at this point because I don't think – you know, the more tape I watched on him and the more people I've talked to in league circles, I do think more teams are going to have Skaronsky as a guard than a tackle. And so, you know, to, to maintain that value as a top 10 pick, it's because he can play anywhere, really. I think that's that's what it's going to be for, for most teams. So, all right, pick 10, the Philadelphia Eagles, Joe Dolan, who is an Eagles guy, goes Nolan Smith, edge defender from Georgia, continuation of the Georgia pipeline to Philadelphia. Obviously, they drafted Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean last year. Going back to the well here with Nolan Smith. So, uh, yeah, good fit. You know, they have Hassan Reddick on the roster, and Nolan's, my comp for Nolan Smith is Hassan Reddick. So, I guess this makes sense in some ways. It's a little redundant in the short term, but long term, when you're talking about saving money, projecting that, like, can can you potentially get Nolan Smith to that level? I think that would be the goal there for sure. Pick 11, Tennessee Titans. Scott Barrett did not go quarterback, Will Levis here. But instead, he went Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver, Ohio State. I love this fit. I think this makes Traylon Burks better. I think this makes the whole offense significantly better. And Scott Wright, I love the note he wrote here. He says, Tennessee considered taking Will Levis here, but they remember that Ryan Tannehill has been one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league since he joined the team in spite of a subpar supporting cast. It is so true. Tannehill is a very underrated quarterback. I don't think he's a, a world beater. I don't think he's one of these guys you want to pencil in as like your long-term starter, but you can do a lot worse at quarterback than Ryan Tannehill. And I think, you know, that division is still a little suspect. I know Jacksonville had their surge, their breakout last year, but Houston's still pretty bad. Indy's definitely in a rebuild. You know, I, I don't see some, I don't see anything wrong with Tennessee potentially just kind of retooling and, and going after it again. They're coached really well. Vrabel gets the most out of those guys. I think JSN really, really helps this offense, and he'll give them a lot of the A.J. Brown production they missed, and then that just elevates, you know, Traylon Burks. I don't think, honestly, Tannehill's had a duo as good as JSN and Burks, and I'm not even a Burks guy. It was basically A.J. Brown and nothing for years. Now they'll have JSN. They'll have Traylon Burks. They'll have Chigga Conquo. Obviously, the run game is really good. I, I do really like this. Hit. I think Scott hit a hit a slam dunk pick here. 
All right, pick 12. Tom with the Houston Texans is going. Lucas Van Ness, Edge. You know, I didn't I didn't like this pick, honestly. I'm a lot lower on Van Ness than just about everybody. But despite that, I, I've been saying for a long time that they need to prioritize whatever quarterback they take at two. They need to prioritize making that work. And so I would go receiver here. I'd fo- I'd even force it, honestly. I, I think Quinton Johnson's plenty good enough to take here. Um, or I would go offensive line. Um, Lucas Van Ness is such a mad player. He's such a low-ceiling player. I just don't like taking him 12th. If you wanted to trade back, maybe, I don't know, say pick 17, 18, 19, 20, and then take Van Ness, that's fine. Um, I just don't I don't like taking him this high, and especially when you have so many other needs. And I just really believe in supporting your your new rookie quarterback. So pick 13, New York Jets. Jake Tribby goes with Paris Johnson, Jr., offensive tackle. I've been mocking them tackles the entire pre-draft process here. So I, I think the logic checks out. I think them getting Paris specifically is a slam dunk. Super athletic guy. Has starting experience at right guard, which he could play for the Jets. And could pl- probably play either tackle spot. Um, huge ceiling player. Love the pick. At pick 14, New England, I am on the clock, and I selected quarterback Will Levis. Now, this is interesting because I'm not – one, I'm not a huge Levis guy, but two, I'm also a Mac Jones guy. (laughs) But this is me just facing reality. It sounds like Mac Jones is done in New England. Once Bill Belichick kind of makes up his mind on you, that's pretty much it. There's not really a lot of recovery from that. So as much as I do like Mac Jones, I think he was just done absolutely dirty there in New England. You know, they had an opportunity to move on with a a high caliber pick. I There's a certain point in this draft where even though I'm not a Levis guy, he's going to be value. 14 is probably there, right around there. 14, like all these teams in this range could take a quarterback if you think about it. The Jets at 13 could take Will Levis. New England at 14, Green Bay at 15. That's a sneaky one no one's talking about. What if they took Will Levis to compete with Jordan Love? Washington at 16? I know they've pounded the table for Sam Howell being the dude, but, I mean, really, are we really buying that? Like, I I, I don't know. Um, 17, Pittsburgh's probably out of the market there. 18, Detroit. They're a sneaky one for Levis, too, if he's, if he's fallen that far. Tampa Bay at 19 is another one. Seattle at 20 is another one. So like this range right here, if if Levis falls into this 13 to 20 range, insane value in my opinion. And that's me, you know, as not a Levis guy. Anyways, moving on. Pick 15. John Hansen picking for the Green Bay Packers selects tight end from Notre Dame. Michael Mayer. Now this is not, this is early in my opinion for Mayer. But that said, I do love john's thought process here he's looking to give jordan love some easier throws someone that can dominate the middle of the field you got big play guys in romeo dubs and christian watson let's find a guy who can give you some more volume just some more chain moving i like the thought process i would just go if i'm going to do that though i'm going to go dalton kincaid who is the next pick at pick 16 graham barfield goes dalton kincaid to the washington commanders this is disgusting i love the idea of giving New offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, Dalton Kincaid. Obviously, we've heard the Dalton Kincaid to Travis Kelsey comparison thrown out there. If you do make that comparison, just note that it, it comes with a 30-day jail sentence. But, uh, yeah, I love the idea of giving Bieniemy a, a high-caliber 
tight end that plays similarly to the guy he had a lot of success with in Kansas City. I also love the idea of just giving this pass-catching group another weapon. Ridiculous group here. You have Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, Dalton Kincaid. You know, whether that's Sam Howell or somebody else playing quarterback there, that's a that's a really good environment for them to thrive in. So I dig it. Pick 17, the Pittsburgh Steelers select. Broderick Jones, offensive tackle. Chris Wecht making the pick here. Chris, you know, th- this is a this is another, I think, a slam dunk pick. I probably would go Darnell right here if I was picking for Pittsburgh. But Broderick Jones is just fine as well. I mean, I, yeah, I don't even know what to say about Jones, but I, I think he'll probably go earlier than this, to be honest. Um, I think you're going to see a, a bigger run on tackles than we've been led to believe. Just because this is what happens, you know, when you have a, a draft class that doesn't have a ton of difference makers, like there's a, a lot of really solid players in this class, but you'll you'll end up seeing big guys go more frequently than than not in drafts like this. And J- Jones can play ball, left tackle for Georgia. Pick 18, I did go with the aforementioned Darnell Wright, offensive tackle from Tennessee. He brings to the table just – he's a Dan Campbell guy. You know, I, I didn't necessarily anticipate going offense-offense here in the first round considering defense was their big issue, but the value was just too good to pass up on Richardson and now, um, you know, really building the identity, like the, that run game identity, that play action identity, that nastiness, that – you know, we're going to punch you in the face. We're going to we're going to take you out into deep waters, as Dan Campbell would say. Darnell Wright brings that to the table. He is nasty, nasty player. Um, he, you know, probably plays right guard for them early on. And then, you know, when they have to make a contract decision on Decker, I would assume he walks or retires. Panay moves to left tackle. Darnell slides over to right tackle. And you're just really building on that continuity. Don't want to skip a beat too much there. Pick 19, Joe Dolan's going with Joey Porter Jr., cornerback from Penn State to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is a fantastic fit. Joey Porter Jr., I think my my comp, and if you read the f- player profile on fantasypoints.com and in in the prospect guide, my player comp for him is Jamel Dean. Makes a lot of sense. The only thing they're going to run into issue there is I don't know that between Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, and Joey Porter Jr., you have a slot corner. I don't know that I like any of those guys in the slot necessarily. So that means Porter Jr. is probably going to have to sit a minute before they figure out what to do with Carlton Banks. Uh, but hey, having three good outside corners is never a bad thing. So um, I, I don't I don't mind this at all. Pick 20, Seattle. Jake Tribby takes the low-hanging fruit. And Jordan Addison, wide receiver from USC slash Pitt. He is the Tyler Lockett clone. I love it. They need wide receiver help in terms of a, like a third guy who can really contribute. I like, you know, Gino kind of started to falter a little bit down the stretch, and I want to preserve that as much as we can. We just gave Gino a contract. Let's get him some more weaponry and keep that offense trucking. And then Addison's a natural replacement for Tyler Lockett as well. He's a guy who can play slot. He can play on the outside. He can play X. He can play Z. He can thrive with design touches you know screens jet sweeps end arounds um, things of that nature so I, I do think Addison's a great fit there I've been mocking Addison to Seattle a lot myself pick 21 the Los Angeles Chargers are taking 
Kalijah Kansi, defensive tackle from Pitt. Scott Barrett does it again with a a good pick and a, a defensive player. He take he takes two defensive guys in this draft. Very surprised by this because Scott is uh, is usually thinking in terms of offense more than more than not. So, but Kansi seems like a slam dunk for them. They've they've desperately needed interior pass rush. They've had a lot of good edge defenders over the years, and they still do with Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. Kalijah get comes in and gives them the interior pass rush. Now, obviously, the big concern with Kansi is size and length. Probably for me, it's more length than size. I don't care about the size as much. Can he play on early downs? That's the big thing. Um, you know, is that length going to really hurt him on early downs defending the run? I think you need a guy like Staley who is going to allow him to play a little loose with his gaps. I don't think Kansi's a full-time player, though. So I do think they probably need another fatty in the middle there to play early downs. But Kansi definitely gives them some juice on the passing downs, which is more important. So pick 22, the Baltimore Ravens. Tom Brawley selects cornerback Deontay Banks. Really, really, really like this pick. I mean, Baltimore, obviously, they've had a great secondary for two decades, three decades, it seems like, since they've been around. Banks has an enormously high ceiling. He's a little raw right now. But you're getting a tremendous athlete and a guy with a ton of upside to come in and play corner and learn from you know marcus peters and marlon humphrey and and these guys so i think this is a really really cool fit for them they're just continuing to add to that secondary and it's kind of who they are at this point they're a team that has a great secondary and they're going to keep building that way and they really started to figure it out last year i know early in the year they got they're getting beat up the miami game was a bad one uh tons of busts you know miami kind of just trucked right through them they did start to tighten it up their first round pick last year the safety from notre dame kyle hamilton he kind of came into his own playing the slot corner hybrid role big slot role i really really liked what they did with him and especially because it wasn't the way i would have used hamilton so the fact that they uh, got more out of him than i thought was possible was was promising for hamilton's career so i like the idea of adding another guy though at 23 the john hansen led minnesota vikings go with Boston College wide receiver Zay Flowers. I know John is a big Zay guy. I like Zay too. Um, I don't like Zay going probably before Quinton Johnston, though. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough because when you really look at what Minnesota needs, they probably need a guy like Zay to, to pair with Justin Jefferson there. So Zay can give you some inside out potential. Quick, you know, I wouldn't say speedy necessarily, but he's a very quick twitch route runner um he's got some he's got to develop a little bit with his route running but i think he's a good complement to um to uh, justin jefferson there so i like the pick by john for sure pick 24 graham barfield representing the jacksonville jaguars goes with the big in osiris torrance guard from florida slam dunk one of my favorite picks of the round um, I know interior offensive line isn't super valuable these days, but you know Torrance is definitely going to be a first-round guy, and it's pretty much the missing link on that Jacksonville O line. So I, I do like I do like the fit here. Take some pressure off Trevor Lawrence if they can run the ball more consistently as well, and not rely on just the big splash plays all the time. Pick twenty-five. I was representing the the New York Giants. This is my last pick of the mock draft. I went with wide receiver from TCU, Quinton Johnston. This was a steal to me. 
this is the range I like Johnson in, but like the Giants desperately need a receiver and they need one that's different than all the short, fast guys they have and um Wandell, Robinson, Paris Campbell, Sterling Shepard. Like they they have plenty of that type of receiver. So getting a guy like Quinton Johnston, we saw what um Dable was able to get out of Isaiah Hodgins last year. And so I think this is a really good, you know, this is a really good kind of match. He's he's big like Hodgins Johnson is, but he's a little bit more twitchy, a little more athletic, more explosive. He's going to be a bigger playmaker. So I definitely, uh, I definitely like this fit for them. All right. Pick 26, the Dallas Cowboys are selecting Bijan Robinson, running back, Texas. Tom Brawley comes through with the massive pick here. <laughs> I, I was waiting this entire draft. Where is Bijan going to go? And I thought because this was a lot of fantasy guys doing the draft that we would get, you know, Bijan a lot earlier. But nope, he goes to 26 to Dallas, completes the cliche. And uh, I, yeah, I think Bijan would smash there. Obviously being a Texas kid, then staying with Dallas. Dallas is a decent offensive line. Um, and, you know, I think J- Jerry Jones would be over the moon if, if this actually happened. So, all right, pick 27. Chris Wecht with the Buffalo Bills goes Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver, Tennessee. I, you know, I, I love the idea of giving p- pass catchers to Buffalo. Jalen Hyatt was one I had not thought about. This was really interesting when I saw it and I had to kind of process it. And I think there is some overlap here with Gabe Davis because I think Jalen Hyatt is like a pure vertical threat. I think that's really the only spot Gabe Davis excels in, except Hyatt wins with pure speed where Davis wins with more body control and ball tracking. Hyatt's more of a deep ball tracking, wide open kind of guy. The funny thing is, though, they played in the same offense in college. So um, the translatability, we've seen it work with Gabe Davis and Buffalo. And I think Hyatt is a better pedigree than Davis did coming out. So I think this could really be a slam dunk pick. I do think Hyatt has some untapped potential, too, in the short parts of the field. We saw him at Tennessee when he'd catch a ball underneath. That speed just it, it zooms. So when you're pairing him with like a Stefan Diggs and a um, Gabe Davis – who can stretch the field a little bit, I think that might be dangerous for them, getting Jalen Hyatt under working underneath there. We know Hyatt can play in the slot too. He prefers those those quick free releases into space. So I would be very interested to see what Buffalo can do with Hyatt in that lineup. All right, pick 28, Graham Barfield goes with offensive tackle Anton Harrison. Pretty simple math here. I think Graham just acknowledges they're going to need probably some help at right tackle. Anton Harrison is the best tackle left on the board. Let's just throw a dart at that. I don't personally think Harrison's a first-round pick, but as I already mentioned, in these types of drafts, tackles go off the board faster than you think they will. I love the idea of giving Cincinnati more depth and firepower on the offensive line. Even if they don't end up trading Jonah Jackson, This is it is what it is. You know, Harrison can play some guard probably. We know Jonah Jackson can play guard, so somebody's playing guard there, and uh, somebody's playing right tackle. So I, I like I like this pick for Cincy. Uh, pick 29, John Hansen representing the New Orleans Saints goes with Edge Keon White. This um, this is a big reach for me. I know a lot. There's a you know, Keon White discourse is interesting. There's a lot of people who don't see it like me. There's a lot of people who love the guy. 
he's he's an interesting dude to me. He's a big, meaty, rocked up body, like great body type for an edge defender. He's 280 pounds, just solid muscle, maybe 285 actually. Um, but just the tape is really, 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 really hit or miss, man. Really hit or miss. So I know if you're you look at the physical traits, yeah, you you, you can see why a team would like Keon White. I just don't think he's a first round pick. He did get invited to the draft though. Um, that's not always a slam dunk that a guy's gonna go in the first round, but he was like of the first 17 players announced. You know, they they typically make those lists based on what they think they know, and seems like maybe Keon White sneaks into the back end of the first round right around this pick. Actually, I would probably prefer a pass catcher here though for New Orleans. Or maybe a running back like Jameer Gibbs if they wanted to go that route, but I guess that's still a pass catcher. All right, pick 30, Joe Dolan. Just like Mock Draft 3.0, somehow, someway, Brian freaking Branch, safety from Alabama, is sitting here at pick 30 for Philadelphia to take. I don't like Philadelphia getting this kind of value late in the round considering they just went to the Super Bowl, but man, this is crazy. Like, I don't really like the Nolan Smith pick at 10. I, I understand it, but I don't really like it. And I think that's probably likely to happen. But then they make up for it with recouping a ton of value here at Brian Branch. Branch is an exceptional player. Um, they He can play in the slot for them. He can play either safety spot for them. Shoot, I think he could probably even play outside corner if they needed him to. They don't, but if they did, he could. Branch just can just do whatever you want. He is a easy one-to-one Chauncey Gardner-Johnson replacement. Um, Branch is a souped-up version of him. So we've seen the success Gardner-Johnson has had in the league, and Branch pretty much does all the same things. So I, I, I love this pick for, for Philadelphia. Pick 31, Scott Barrett comes back with his third defensive player of the mock draft, and it is the best pick of round one. I I don't understand this, and I'm like looking back on the picks I made. I'm like, why didn't I take this guy? Pick 31, Kansas City selects edge defender from Clemson, Miles Murphy. This is ridiculous value. Miles Murphy is a top 12, top 14 player for me. His ceiling is enormous. He's a big, strong, freaky athlete. I I just don't I don't understand why he's here. He shouldn't be here, guys. Miles Murphy should not be here this late. Looking back at this draft now, and I'm like, yeah, like Green Bay could have taken him. Um, Detroit at 18 should have taken him. Tampa Bay at 19 should have taken him. Uh, Seattle at 20 should have taken him. Minnesota at 23 should have taken him. Jacksonville at 24 should have taken him. The Giants at 25 should have taken him. Uh, the Bengals at 28 should have taken him. New Orleans at 29 should have taken him. Like, this is crazy. Uh, great pick by Scott. I think that what that says is he's been reading the prospect guide. But uh, anyways, yeah, phenomenal pick. That rounds out the the first round staff mock here at fantasypoints.com. Scott coming in with just an exceptional pick. Like, look, let's look at all Scott's picks, actually. I like them all. Will, Will Anderson Jr. at pick four. Good, you know, decent value there. I understand he didn't like Levis, so you're going to go to the next best thing. Cool. Um, then Scott goes at pick 11, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Fantastic pick. I, I loved that one. Pick 21 with the Chargers. He goes Kalijah Cansey. 
And then at pick 31, Kansas City, he's going Miles Murphy, edge defender. I think Scott probably wins the staff mock, to be quite honest. Yeah, I'm looking through here. Yep, I think he does. I think he made all the all my favorite picks. I mean, I could easily say me, you know, but I'm kind of the draft guy. So I think I, think I should probably win this. But other than me, I'm going with Scott here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for Mock Draft Monday. Thank you so much for listening. I will be back tomorrow. I don't know if I have a guest or not. i got some fun things planned. I'm going to actually have a guest from the Fantasy Points charting team. He's going to come on and talk about his team. He's a under-the-radar guy, to say the least. I don't think anyone would know who this man is, but he's a, a vital part of what we do here at FantasyPoints.com. And I want to give the man some love and let him rap about his team a bit. So he will be on the pod. We'll also, for fun, we'll pick his brain about what it's like working for me and working for fantasy points and the grind that goes into the the regular NFL season. Anyways, we'll be back. He'll be on the pod this week. We got some other guests lined up for you as well. See you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.